Welcome to today's audio podcast, a sermon teaching from Grace Bible Church of Akron. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of GBC and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at gbcakron.org. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at gbcakron.org. That's I-N-F-O at gbcakron.org. Also, if you would like to support Grace Bible Church, you may do so by visiting gbcakron.org forward slash giving. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. You know, we started a new sermon series last week going through the book of 1 John, the letter of 1 John. And 1 John was written to some confused believers. Uh, They were confused because their church had just gone through a split. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been a part of a church split. I have not. I've been very fortunate. I've never never had to endure one of those. But sometimes when I talk to people, um, they reveal to me that sometimes they've, they've been in a church when it's gone through a split. And that's always very painful. It never leaves a good taste in people's mouths. And so that's what has happened uh, before the, this letter was written. And because of this church split, it had created a lot of uncertainty for the people that, that were still at the church. And they were uncertain about their walk with God. They were uncertain about what it meant to be in fellowship with God. They were uncertain about what it meant to be in fellowship with one another. How can we say we are in fellowship with one another? How can we say that that we're all following God if we can't get along with each other? And And so it created all of this uncertainty. And so John wrote this letter to get rid of their uncertainty so that some of the things that they were confused about, that that confusion would go away. And, and if we're going to get rid of uncertainty, because listen, we live with a lot of uncertainty. Isn't that right? We live with a lot of uncertainty in our lives and in our world and in our families, in our workplaces, uh, even, even at church. We, we live with uncertainties. And so if we're going to, to overcome those uncertainties, then there are some things that we must be certain of. That's what overcomes uncertainty, being certain about other things and and so that's what this letter is about John is writing to them and he is saying this you can know this you can be certain about and if you're certain about these things well then that's gonna help you with your uncertainties and last week uh, Pastor Stephen started us off talking about the certainties that we have in Christ and I encourage you, if you, didn't, if you didn't get a chance to hear that message, to listen to it uh, uh, you know, on the podcast or on the website, or the, the website, however you want to do it. But, but to go back and to hear, there are certain certainties that we have in Christ. And that helps us with our uncertainties. And as we continue to, to look at this letter, John today begins to describe that if we're going to be certain about some things, then we must recognize that there are some differences there, there are differences between things, and if we, try, if we try to act as though those differences don't exist, well, then we're going to remain uncertain. 
And this, is, this is true in life, okay? And some, some of it's really important. Some of it's not important. Like, for instance, is there really any difference between the Indians and the Guardians? I mean, really, is there a difference between those two things? And does it really matter that, 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 that if there is a difference or not a difference? See, that's not a very important thing. But, but let's say you go to the gas station, to the Marathon gas station down here, and you pull into the gas station. Well, guess what? You need to know they, they actually sell two types of fuel. They sell diesel and they sell gasoline. And you better know the difference. And there's a lot of similarities, right? I mean, they're both liquid. They both go in vehicles. They both smell bad. I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of similarities. They're dispensed at the same place. But there is a difference. And you better know the difference between those two things. Even though there's a lot of similarities. If, if, I, if I had up here with me a, a copy of the Koran, and I have a copy of the Bible, if I had a copy of the Koran and a copy of the Bible, and I were holding them up in front of you, guess what? There are some similarities. They are both ancient texts. They both talk about a God. They both talk about how to get along with that God. They both talk about morality but there's a big difference. You got to know the differences even though there are some similarities. In our world today, there's a big push in our culture to make things that are different the same. For instance, heterosexual marriage and homosexual marriage. The world, our culture today, says they're the same. They are not the same. There's a big difference. There's a big difference between those two. The world wants us to look and say, listen, as long as people love each other, it's okay with God. There's a big difference between those two things. And so if, if we don't understand those differences, we are going to remain uncertain in life. Does that make sense? And that's what John begins to talk about in this passage that we're looking at today because if you and I, if we don't understand these differences, it's, it's one, it, it could mean that we're just ignorant, right? It could mean that, that, that we just didn't know, no one told us, and I was ignorant of that fact. There's nothing wrong with ignorance, okay? The, the problem is with stupidity. Because stupidity and ignorance are not the same. Stupidity is willful ignorance. It says, someone has shown me the difference, and I understand there's a difference, but I refuse to accept there's a difference. That's stupidity. It's willful ignorance. And, 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 so, and, then, and so what begins to happen is, is that if we don't accept these differences, we get confused. And when we're confused, we don't make good choices. Many times we will make choices that hurt ourselves and hurt other people because we're, we're, we're not recognizing the differences that are so important for us to recognize. And that's what John begins to talk about this morning with this group of people who are confused about what it means to, to love God and to love one another and to be in fellowship 
with God and with one another. And so he starts off in verse 5. If, if you and I, if we're going to gain some certainty, you and I need to know the difference between darkness and light. Okay, now you, you and I would think, well, that's an easy one. But you'd be surprised. Look at, look at what John says. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. At all. So light refers to purity. It refers to, to power. It, it refers to uh, goodness and life. You know, I, I, uh, I had a, a container in my backyard. The, the, the wind it was like a I don't know, it's like a, one of these recycle containers, one that you hold in your hand, the wind got a hold of it, blew it into my yard, blew it over, and it sat in my yard, and I saw it there, but I don't know, I just had other things to deal with, so I just left it there for several days. And, and then I went and picked it up, and when I did, guess what? All the grass under it had died. Now around it, everything was lush and green, but underneath it, it had died. Why? Because it had no light. You see, light is life. There is no growth. That's not your fill-in. <laughs> don't, don't jump ahead. I saw you writing. That's a good note, but it's not your fill-in, okay? So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Light, light is life, okay? And, with, and without, without light, there is no life. And, and, and we know that physically, but that's true spiritually. Without light, there's no life, there's no growth without the light that comes from God. And in him, there is no darkness at all. Darkness refers to, to these things that, 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 are, are, that might be what we would consider to be shameful. It, it refers to things that are confusing or deceptive and in God there is no darkness at all there is nothing confusing there is nothing deceptive you see light here's your blank is clarity and darkness is confusion and and you see sometimes in our walk with the Lord we lose sight of this because sometimes when, when, we're, when we think we're in fellowship with God, we're in fellowship with one another, but, but there's no light, there's no clarity to what we're doing. And in fact, many times we feel like we're in darkness, which is confusion. And I'm not certain, I'm not sure what I should or should not be doing. I'm not sure how this should look. And, and, and John is reminding us the difference between light and darkness. And God is light. Listen, it doesn't say God is in the light. It says God is light. Is light. And, and, and so, so for you and I to understand, we must remember that, that when we're in fellowship with God, when we're, when, we're, when we're following God, there's clarity to life. There's we, we know what we should be doing, what, what we should be pursuing, what we should be chasing. But when we're in darkness, we're confused. We're not certain. We don't know. 
what life is about and what we should be doing. You see, when it comes to our thinking and to our morals in Scripture, there's only light and darkness. There is no middle ground. There is no middle ground. For you and I, we love the middle ground sometimes, don't we? We like to stay in the middle. I'm not completely right, but I'm not completely wrong. Well, in the Bible, it's not like that. When it comes to our thinking and our morals, we're either right or we're wrong. There is no in-between. We're either in the light or we're in the dark. We either have clarity or we're confused. There, there is no, I'm in the middle. I'm some right, some wrong. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And if you and I, if we don't know the difference between light and darkness, we will remain uncertain in life uncertain about what we're supposed to be doing uncertain about what we're supposed to be living for and uncertain about how the way we should live because we don't know the difference between light and dark John goes on to say that not only should we know the difference between the light and the dark we should also know the difference between church and fellowship they're not the same they're not the same thing look at what John goes on to say he says if we claim to have fellowship with him talking about God Jesus if we claim to have fellowship with him yet walk in the darkness we lie and do not live out the truth but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another See that word fellowship keeps popping back up he says, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. You see, this church, when it split. It didn't split over the color of carpet. It didn't split over the songs they were singing. It split over sin. Specifically, how do we deal with sin? And what is sin, really? Because you know what? If we don't know the difference between light and darkness, we don't know what sin is and what it is not. And, and they split over that. And, and so John, John begins to say, listen, there's a difference between going to church and being in fellowship. And the difference is discovered by how we deal individually with our sin. Not, not how I deal with your sin or you deal with mine, but how do I deal with my sin? How do you deal with your sin? Because all of us can come together and have church, but that doesn't mean we have fellowship. And it's dependent upon how we treat our sin. I want you to know something this morning. It is possible to have a relationship with God and not have fellowship with God. There's a difference between those, those two things. See, it, it's possible to be in relationship with Him to believe in him, to believe in Christ, but to not be in fellowship with him. 
And that's what John is, is talking about in, in this letter as he starts off trying to explain this uncertainty that they are experiencing. You see, it's possible to be saved. That's how, that's how many of us would say it that have been in church a long time. We would say it's possible to be saved but not be in fellowship with God. To be saved by Him but not be in fellowship with Him. However, listen to this. Don't, don't miss this. It is not possible. It is not possible to be in fellowship with God and practice sin. We can't do that. I can be saved and not be in fellowship. But I cannot be in fellowship and practice sin. And that's what this church split over. That's, that's where they had their disagreement. Because there were people in the church that said, you know what? We can sin. It's okay. Jesus died for our sins. I don't exactly have to obey the scriptures because if I mess up, Jesus died for my sins. And I can just ask for forgiveness and it's okay. That's what they split over. That doctrinal issue of the forgiveness of sin and this idea of of, of being saved or in fellowship. And so here's, he, he begins to explain this. And, and so uh, I want us to look at it. How do we know the difference between church and fellowship? How do we know when we're just doing church or we're actually in fellowship with God and with one another? So, so here's, John helps us out. First of all, church is when we claim fellowship but walk in darkness. In other words, we lie to others about sin. John says we're not living in the truth. It, it's, like, it's like me coming to church or you coming to church and I'm around other, other believers and, and I, I lie to you about my sin. I'm not truthful to you about my life. I, I'm, I'm a, playing a charade. I'm being a phony. I'm, I'm proclaiming one thing with my mouth but, but my life is not like that. He says when we do that, when we do that, we are lying to one another, and we're not living in the truth. Yes, we, we know right from wrong, and we claim we're doing right, but we really know we're lying to other people by the way, because you know what? Because I come to church. I look, I must have it together because I'm at church. My life must be morally better than others because I'm at church. And we lie to one another when we do this. And he says, look, you're not, you're not living in the truth when we're lying to each other about our sins. You see, if we walk in the light, God is in the light. And that means we, we, we walk in his illumination. We walk in his presence. And, and so the knowledge of what God calls good and bad is what you and I are fleshing out with our life. But if we claim, if we claim to one another, oh, I don't really have any sin in my life, then we're not living in the truth. Now, I know most of us that have been in church long enough, uh, to, 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 none of us would sit here and say to one another, well, I don't have any sin in my life. We would never say that. We just wouldn't tell each other what they are. And if someone tried to call us out on it, many times the response is, oh, you're judging me. 
Who are you to tell me I'm wrong? I don't have that in my life. I'm not like that. We're lying to the others. John says, you're not, in, you're not, you're not living out the truth when you do that. You're not living out the truth when that happens. Another, another way we know we can just do church instead of really having fellowship is that we claim not to be sinning when we are. In other words, we're not just lying to other people about our sins, we're lying to ourselves about our sin. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. That's what he says. In other words, in other words, <laughs> It's like when we engage in a sin and, and the Bible says, look, that's wrong. But we say to ourselves, I'm not really hurting anyone, so I don't think it's wrong. It's kind of like, like the person who, who, who uh, the guy who looks at pornography and says, I'm not really hurting anyone by doing this. I'm not really actually hurting anybody, so how could this be wrong? It's, 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 like, it's like when we watch entertainment. You know, I'm just picking on stuff. I'm just picking out examples. But, but we watch something, and, and we're, we're, we're engrossed in that, and, 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 it's, and it's full of things that are anti-God, anti-truth, anti-good. And, 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 but, but, we, but we call it good. Oh, that was a great movie. It's really good. No, we, we just lying to ourselves we're deceiving ourselves does that make sense that that's what john's talking about and john says listen if, if we claim if, if 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 we claim we have no sin when we do if, if we claim it's not a sin when it is then we're just we're just lying to ourselves and we're deceiving ourselves and, and when we do that, there's no way we can be in fellowship with God. We can be saved, but we're not in fellowship. There's a difference. And many times when we come to church, that's what we do. We, we, we come to church, and, and I'm at church, and here I am. I'm with, I'm with other people who believe like I believe. And, 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 but, and, and, and yeah, I, I, you know, I know the Bible says this is wrong, and I do it, but I don't really think it's wrong. I think I'm the exception. John says, well, you know, you're not really living in the truth. You're, in fact, lying to yourself and deceiving yourself. He goes on to say that when we do church, when we're doing church, we claim we have not sinned when we did, and we call God the liar. We call God the liar. So, so the claim is that the sin that was committed is really not a sin. In other words, we're saying to God, God, you didn't really know what you were talking about. That's not sin. That's not sin. You didn't know what you were talking about. For instance, like, like when two people, a, 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 a boy and a girl, they, they love each other. They're going to get married. So they go ahead and have sex before they get married, okay? And then they say, it's okay, we love each other. God, you're wrong. That's not a sin. God, you're the liar. There's nothing wrong with what I just did. We love each other. 
That's, that's what he's talking about. And John, John says, you know what? When we do that, when we call, start calling God the liar, man, we're not in fellowship with him. We're, we're, I mean, we may be going to church, but we're not in fellowship with him. You see the difference? John says you've got to know that difference. If we don't know that difference, we're going to remain confused. We're going to remain uncertain about things in life because we're not recognizing the difference between going to church and being in fellowship. So how do we know when we're in fellowship? Fellowship is when we confess our sin and agree with God. They say, oh, oh you know what? God, you're right. You're right. God, when your word says that I shouldn't be envious, that I shouldn't be greedy, and I live six days of my life trying to figure out how I can have more, how I can get more, how I can have it for me, and then I come to church and I'm confronted with that sin, fellowship is looking at God and saying, you're right. You're right, God. I was being greedy this week. I wasn't being generous. I was being greedy. And you're right. That's fellowship with God. That's what it means to be in fellowship with him. That's not just doing church. That's being in fellowship. And John says when we do that, now then we're experiencing the difference between church and fellowship. Now there's a difference. Now we know what's going on. Fellowship, the second thing he points out is fellowship is when we confess our sins to stay in the light. See, because God is light. So we confess our sins to stay in the light. When, when we start saying to others, no, that's not really a sin. When we start saying to ourselves, no, that's not really a sin. And then when finally when we turn to God and say, God, you lied, that's not a sin. Well, we're in darkness. We're not in the light anymore. We left the light, and we wandered into the darkness. And listen, it has nothing to do with salvation. All right, listen, every one of us sitting here who says that they're a follower of Jesus Christ, that you've given your life, every one of us here has walked in darkness at some point in our life. Amen? I have. Right? We've all done this, okay? Listen, if you just said no to that, you're still in the darkness. All right? We've all done this. John's not talking about our salvation. He's talking about the difference between doing church and being in fellowship. And there is a difference. And if we don't know that difference, we're going to remain uncertain. We're going to be unsure about our walk with God, about our walk with each other, because we can't even agree about what is sin what is not sin? That's what he's talking about. Does that make sense? You follow? You follow what I'm saying? And so this is important stuff. Simple stuff, but important stuff. We got to know the difference between light and darkness. We got to know the difference between doing church and really being in fellowship with God and with one another. And it hinges on this thing of what do we do with sin? How do we treat sin in our life? Then he moves on to talk about 
that you and I must know the difference between knowledge and experience. Because there is a difference between knowledge and experience. Look at what John says. He says, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. He's, in other words, he's saying, you're going to sin. But I'm writing this to you in hopes that you, that you won't. But we all know what happens, right? We all know we sin. But he says, he says I'm writing to this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. So you see, John, John starts off really hard talking about sin, right? Sin and fellowship, light, darkness. If, if you're not in the light, you're in the dark. There is no middle ground. There's no in-between. You're one or the other. If you're in the light, you're agreeing with God about sin in your life. If you're not in the light, you're in the darkness, and you're disagreeing with God about sin in your life. There is no in-between. And then he cut, you know, so, so when we look at that, we could get discouraged with that, couldn't we? That's like, wow, <laughs> come on, I thought I was doing good. Now you're just telling me it's one way or the other. And John says, look, I'm writing this to you in hopes that you won't sin. But when you do, because we do, we do sin, right? Yes, all of you should have said yes to that. Yes, we all sin. That wasn't a trick question. Yes, we all sin. We all sin. And when we do, we have an advocate. His name is Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And that word advocate, it means he's our helper. He's, he's the one that helps us so that we won't keep sinning. It will never be sinless, but we should be sinning less and less. And our sins should be changing, right? I mean, if you're still wrestling with the same thing that you wrestled with as, as a teenager, that's not a lot of growth in your life if you're 50. That's not a lot of growth. Okay? So, so, so what's going on is, is, is that he's telling us, listen, I'm, I'm writing this in hopes that you won't sin, but when you do, let me tell you, you have an advocate. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the righteous one, and, and he helps you. And when we use the word advocate, we think of someone in, in a courtroom, and that's kind of the image of this word here of, of, of an advocate in the courtroom. An advocate and a lawyer are not the same thing, so don't confuse those two things. A lawyer, Jesus is not a lawyer. Okay, he's an advocate. There's a difference. We used to have someone that went to church here at Grace that was an advocate for children in the courtroom. She wasn't a lawyer. She was an advocate. She was constantly there doing, making, giving advice to the judge and to the attorneys about what would be best for the child. That's an advocate. And Jesus, he stands with us, and he is our advocate. He is our helper, always telling you and I what would be best for us and helping us when we sin. But not only is he our advocate, he says he is our atoning sacrifice. This is a really important word. This is a huge word in the Bible, okay? It's so huge and it's so uncommon that, that we have a hard time translating it. If you're reading an old King James Version Bible, the word is propitiation, and nobody even knows how to spell that, okay? Much less say it and know what it means. 
all right? But, but it means that he's our atoning sacrifice. So in God's legal system, okay, here's how it works. Simple as I know how to explain it. In God's legal system, there are no pardons. You know what a pardon is, right? When, when someone commits a crime, a governor or the United States, uh, the president of the United States could give that person a pardon. That pardon does not mean they did not commit a crime. It means they do not have to pay the penalty for the crime. That's what a pardon is. God doesn't give out pardons. He gives out forgiveness. And the reason he can provide forgiveness is because Jesus paid the price for our sin. There was no pardon for our sin. Jesus paid the price for our sin. So he becomes our atoning sacrifice. He is our advocate. He is our atoning sacrifice. He paid the price for our sins. And John goes on to say that because he did that, salvation is available to everyone on the world, in the world. Everyone can be saved. Not everyone will be, but everyone can be. Because he is our atoning sacrifice. Now, let me tell you what John has just told us about Jesus. He's told us all the facts. That's the facts about Jesus. He is our advocate. He is our atoning sacrifice. He is the Savior of the world. And knowledge is knowing and accepting the facts about Jesus. And I would dare say, most of us, if not all of us, sitting in this room or watching online today, would say, I agree with some, most, or all of those facts about Jesus. But there's a difference between facts and experience. There's a difference. Because notice what John goes on to say. We know. He's saying we can be certain. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. It doesn't say if we agree with the facts. It doesn't say that, does it? It says we know we have come to know him if we, what? Well, that sounded really weak. <laughs> that sounded really weak. It says, we know that we have come to know him if we, his commandments. It doesn't say we come to know, we know him if we agree with the facts. There's a difference between agreeing with the facts and experiencing Jesus. It's really interesting, this word know right here, that if, if you stick with me, okay, if you don't, if you don't get mad, <laughs> if you don't stop listening, if you stick with this, as we go through 1 John, he uses the word know, K-N-O-W, a lot, over and over and over again. Why? Because he wants them to be certain about some things. So he keeps saying, I want you to know, or we can know. 
He uses that over and over again. And this word know, it doesn't mean facts. It means know by experience. Uh, the best way I know to describe this is, is being married to someone, okay? Uh, listen, before I married Cherry, I knew stuff about her. I knew she, was, she grew up in Florida. I knew she was born in Tennessee. I, I knew she was a single child. That explains a lot, doesn't it? And then, then <laughs> yeah, I'll pay for it later, but I felt like I was losing some of you there for a little bit. So, so here's, here's the thing. I knew a lot of facts about her, but when I married her and we started living together, I didn't just know facts about Cherry. I began to experience her right? That's what happens. That's what makes marriage interesting, right? Before you get married, you know a lot of stuff. When you get married, it's like, wow, now, now I really know what this person is like, right? It's experience. And John says that if we're going to get over our uncertainties, we've got to know the difference between the facts about Jesus and experiencing Jesus. And he says the way that we experience Jesus is through obeying the Scriptures. Not just reading them. Not just going through them and forming an opinion about them. Or debating them. Or let's, let's figure out what this means or what that means. It's, it's not about how, how much can I know about the Bible. Let's do another Bible study. Can I just tell you something? Most of us sitting in this room, and probably some sitting online, we do not need another Bible study. We need to start obeying what we know. And then we will experience Jesus. Not through knowing more stuff, but through obeying what we know. We will begin to experience him through that obedience. And that's, that's what John is talking about. John says, he goes on to say, whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. Now let me tell you something. We probably don't appreciate the tone of what John is saying. I don't. I don't like the tone of this. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. Let me tell you what John is doing. He's giving us a fact. And sometimes facts, there's no soft way to share a fact. It is what it is. And this is what it is. If we claim to know him, but we refuse to obey him, we're lying. We may know facts about Jesus, but we have not experienced Jesus. And John is saying, listen, I don't know. He, he's not, again, he's not talking about salvation at all. He's not talking about whether we can know someone is saved or not saved. And he's, he's not talking about that. He's just saying, listen, here's what I know. I know that if someone says they know God, they've experienced God but they're not obeying him, they're lying. Because people who experience God, obey God, because that's the only way you can experience God. It's through obedience of the Scriptures. 
he goes on to say, but if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in him, in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So experience is striving to live as Jesus lived. What did Jesus live to do? He lived to obey the Father. He said it over and over again. Go back and read the Gospels. Jesus said over and over again, the only reason I'm here is to obey the Father. The only reason I'm here is to obey the Father. I don't even say what I want to say. I say what the Father tells me to say. I don't do what I want to do. I do what the Father tells me to do. I don't go where I want to go. I go where the Father tells me to go. Jesus lived to please and obey the Father. And let me tell you something. If you, sitting here in this room, or if you, watching online, if you want to experience God, the only way you and I can do that is to obey God the scriptures not know the scriptures not just know more about the scriptures but to obey the scriptures you want to see God in your finances start using your finances like God has asked you to use them and you will see God in your finances do you want to see God in your marriage Start treating your spouse as God tells you to treat your spouse, and you will see God in your marriage. You want to see God in your career? Go to your career and be the person there that God has called you to be in that career field, and you will see God there. If you want to see God at church, show up in this place and obey Him and worship Him in spirit and truth as He has commanded, and you and I will experience God in this place. We do not experience God by knowing about Jesus. We experience God by obeying what has been revealed through Jesus in the Scriptures. And then we know Him. And we experience him. And there is a huge difference between knowing facts about Jesus and about God and experiencing Jesus and God. And without that, without knowing that difference, we will remain uncertain. Uncertain. I'm not sure. What is fellowship with God? What is fellowship with one another? What does it mean to walk in the light or be in the dark? What does it mean to just do church or have fellowship? John says the key is obeying. And so as we get ready to leave together this morning, just let me ask you, how close is your walk with God? I mean, how close is it really? Because John gives us the litmus test, right? He just tells us how we know how close we really are with God. How much do you obey him? How much do you obey him? Because there is no way you and I can be close with God and not obey him. They are, the, they are linked. And if you think different, if you think, you know what, I am so close to God, but I don't ever tithe. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to us. You're lying to every. You're lying to God. You can't be close to God and not obey Him with that. 
If you're saying, I'm close to God, but I, but I do things that I know are wrong, that the Bible says is wrong, there's no way, there's no way you can be close with God and, and knowingly disobey Him consistently in your life. There's no way you and I can do that. It, can't, it is impossible. And that's what John is dealing with. And, he, and, he's, and he's writing to these people who are confused. And he's saying, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you're obeying God, you know him. You know him. And you're experiencing him. And if you're not, even though you claim you might be, even though you claim you know God, if you're not obeying him, you're not in close fellowship with And that's the test for all of us as we look at our lives. And so with that in mind, I want to leave you with this prayer. Simply says, Lord, I want to experience you. I'm not asking for a vision, an angelic visit, or a miracle. I'm asking that I come to know you by obeying the Bible. Show me what teachings I have been disobeying. Bring them to my mind. Impress them on my heart. Show me the light so I can walk in it. Empower me to confess my sins so I can fellowship with you. Teach me to live like Jesus so I can have a close relationship with you. I pray it in Jesus' name, the only one who can save me and change me. And I hope that can be your prayer. Thank you for being at Grace Bible Church this morning. Thank you for joining us online. I hope to see you again next week. God bless you.